Hey everyone, welcome back to the Coffee and Convos podcast where unfiltered conversations and connections are brewed. I'm your host, Alyssa Mopia. Thank you all for tuning in. I know it's been quite some time, but there's just been a lot going on in the world, if you haven't noticed. And before we really dive in in today's episode, I just wanted to take this moment to express our support for our black and brown communities. Black Lives Matter always, and they always will, they always have. We really don't believe that this is a trendy topic or something that just needs to be talked about when convenient. This is all work that needs to be done behind the screen. And it's when we do this work and we actually dedicate the rest of our lives to, will we be able to dismantle systemic racism and the anti-blackness beliefs that's embedded in the generations and generations that came before us. I truly, truly believe that when we come together and we really shine light on these important points and topics, that we will come out a lot stronger than this, a lot stronger and a lot better. So much can happen as we saw in the last few weeks, let alone the last few months. And we just want to express that here at Coffee and Convos and at Futures Past that we will continue to learn and listen to our Black leaders and do everything we can to just be better allies and take action. And we encourage you all to do the same. So yeah, I really hope that these last few weeks you took some time to reflect and understand your role in the Black Lives Matter movement, in anti-racism, in defunding the police. Like there's so much that we can do. And I really encourage you all to just take the time, take the time out of your day to really progress this conversation and help this conversation move forward. Don't, don't let this be something that disappears, you know, do the work. So with all that being said, I'm just so grateful to introduce to you all today's guest, Cedrice Weber. You may know her and recognize her from this latest season of The Voice, season 18. She is more than an amazing singer. She's also an actress, a model, a speaker, and really just an overall inspiring human being to be around. Her energy is infectious, and I'm really excited for y'all to tune into this conversation as we chat about her experience on The Voice, the journey of growth as an artist, navigating confidence and identity, and really understanding our role in anti-racism in the Black Lives Matter movement. So with all of that, <laughs> grab your coffee or your favorite way to keep yourself fueled for the day, and let's get this conversation started. Hello, Cedris. Hey. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful for you, and I'm so excited to share space with you. I feel like that's been a long time coming. And yeah, I guess before we really dive into today's conversation, why don't you introduce yourself and just share your story? Oh, gosh. Where do I start? Um, I feel <laughs> like my life just started four years ago. Um, well, my name is Cedris. I am a singer and an actress, um, occasionally a model. <laughs> um, I guess most recently I was a semifinalist on The Voice season 18 here in the States, um, which has been a pretty big milestone for me. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I do. I'm from San Diego, California, born and raised, never left. Um, but I definitely travel a lot. I guess it's just to, um, you know, inspire people and continue inspiring myself. Um, but yeah, I'm an artist and I'm just doing my thing. <laughs> I love that. Yes. And speaking about your latest experience with The Voice, I know though you didn't make it all the way through, you had such an amazing experience. It is really cool to see you on the show and really transition into this place where you, you, you pre-filmed a lot of the episodes there and then COVID hit, and then you had to record a lot from home. So how was that experience like for you? Yeah, so in the beginning of the show, I had no idea what to expect. I had no idea what the experience was going to be. And 
being a new person to that environment, to Hollywood, to the studios, to the producers, to the celebrities, like when you see those big red chairs in the studio, you're like, oh, just so overwhelmed, you know? So you have, whenever you're going into a new space, it's almost like you have to take a moment to reintroduce yourself to that reality, even though you see it on TV all the time, but you have to introduce yourself to that space. Um, in order to let that overwhelming feeling kind of subside. So when COVID hit and we had to switch our mentality to performing at home, it was almost like I felt like I was already introduced to my living room. (laughs) But when I tried to integrate what I do for work and what I do at home, it just clashed. Mm. So it would be equivalent to someone being more effective, more productive in their office um, than in their bedroom. Right. So for me, in my living room, there was just a lot of distraction. I live in an apartment complex. I was worried about people hearing me mess up because I was also, you know, um, practicing in the living rooms. I was going into these Zoom <laughs> Zoom uh, meetings with Kelly Clarkson. And I'm like, oh, God, like, I'm like, oh, gosh, this is, she's going to see my house. Like, it just feels like a very intimate space, like very intimate. And I just, I was thinking so much about everything around me that I didn't remember to introduce myself to this space and allow it to be my stage. Uh, the energy is different. The expectations are different. The quality is different. So um, it was definitely a challenge for me. Well, congratulations for making it that far. I think it's incredible. And from what I've read and seen in the media, that was like your multiple, you've tried out for The Voice multiple times, correct? Mm -hmm. So for you to finally make it on the show and really just showcase your talent and really bring light during this time, I think was really the most important part. And you've built such a great following and audience that really loves you and your story. And, you know, I was introduced to you when I worked at Westfield UTC years ago. This was like, I want to say like two and a half years ago or so. And I was just remember because we activated this live performance series that would happen every Wednesday through Sunday. And like the talent was the same. It wasn't until like I heard your voice and you performing for the first time. I was like, I'm sorry, who is this woman? (laughs) Because she needs to sing every single day. (laughs) Like... And really, like, just just seeing you and hearing your voice and you being a woman of color, especially, because that was something so new to that environment as well, mm. was very inspiring for me. And for us to be sitting here in the space right now feels like a full circle moment. So I really, really am grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you for putting it that way, too. Yeah. You know, it's funny because you don't realize what kind of impact you're making. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I appreciate hearing that from you. Absolutely. And, you know, I think you have so much to offer and much like a lot of us, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like you've really taken your talents and taken your your voice literally and you're sharing it with the world. You're sharing more than just your talent too. You're sharing, you know, you're representing so many different communities. And I think it's so important now more than ever that we have this sense of togetherness right. and support because not just COVID is going on, but Unfortunately, there's a lot of, you know, police violence happening right now, even in our own city in San Diego. And seeing that is heartbreaking, to say the least. But um, I would just love to hear, because before this, we were talking about self-care and how important it is to kind of come back to yourself and really introduce some sort of routine and some sort of way for us to honor ourselves at the end of the day, even though we are doing the work to educate and, you know, uplift our, our community, it's so important for us to take care of ourselves. So I kind of love to hear what resources you have to come back home to your body, to your spirit, to your mind. Yeah, you know, I think with all that's going on this week, Everyone is just feeling very overwhelmed, including myself. Um, This has been a long time coming, 
you know, mm-hmm. it's it's a civil rights movement all over again, just, and it has been for years, but there's just these waves of uh, social media exposure, right? So it comes and goes, it comes and goes, and I, I think this point that we're at is like the last straw, this sort of, this just feels a lot more, a lot different. Um, so I think in regards to like understanding what it is you have to offer um, is important. Um, I think for me, I I really felt like I needed to already know where to seek information and already have been, you know, involved in my community. And I admit, like, I have not been. I have not been as, as involved as I should be. Um, and I think this has just, like, pushed me to take it to the next level. So, um what I think to to answer your question about like um, sorry I see I see words in, in images You're totally <laughs> and so fine. I don't always remember yeah. the words verbatim but I always see the image <laughs> um, but I think it's really important to to center yourself in 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 all the chaos right so right now if you're home if is your refuge and you know you look out on on social media and whatever make sure that you take the time um that you're seeing on social media all this create all this chaos and um in the world i definitely i advise to um take some time away from that and just breathe and allow yourself to be like okay what is it that i can do and don't try to champion everything Mm. so the petitions and the council meetings and there's like mountains of petitions that could be, you know, um, signed. Um, there's, there's different resources that everybody, uh, everybody has, but it's okay for you not to tackle every single thing within this, you know, within this movement, everybody is doing their part. And it's just important for you to understand what is it that I can do and what resonates with me. And like you were saying before, just share that with people because everyone's looking for something to follow. Um, I think I answered your question, but I'm not sure. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think that's, that's a place that I'm at in this situation right now. I love that you said that too, is that you kind of felt like you needed to have the answers right away. Yeah. And I think just you know, like your work overall is just to be yourself and to be human and to use your platform for good. And I think a lot of us kind of use, a lot of us feel some sort of responsibility, right? To understand our role in this, to understand our role in where do we stand in the civil rights movement and how can we support and be a better ally to Mm -hmm. our black community and people Mm -hmm. of color community. And you're right. We don't have to have all the answers, but as long as we're following the right people, following the right leaders who are talking about this, who have the correct information and they're a trustworthy source. And I think that's also, it's kind of like that double-edged sword, right? Because social media, there's two sides to every story. And I feel like we're, yeah, we're talking about a whole different thing at this point, but I think a lot of people have a stance on just thinking positively and how this will kind of figure itself out. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the other side where it's like you have to take action, right? Right. And like you said, kind of center yourself in the chaos. Understand that like, yes, this is going on, but also coming back to yourself and taking a break from social media because it is very overwhelming. Yeah. I remember even when like the news about COVID hit for the first time, it was so overwhelming to see the headlines and the news and the numbers and you're just like, what do we even do? Right. And at, at some point, you do start to feel helpless. Mm, mm-hmm. At some point, I mean, the pictures of the police department um, and like police on the street downtown in San Diego running over people is coming to mind right now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I should have been there. Oh my gosh, should I share this? And and part of me doesn't want to share it because I know that there are people looking at um, looting and rioting and rioting and rioting and violence and um, police brutality over and over and over and over, especially this week. But at the same time, I have to share it because people don't know that that's what's happening mm-hmm. because they're either some, – some people are just um, looking at the news, uh, Fox News, NBC News, CNN, and they're not seeing the word of the people. Mm. You know, So that's why it's important to share that. Um, but, yeah, like you said, like looking towards um, – like credible sources to actually, uh, spread, spread the word and spread, um, uh, 
news is, is important, but also I wanted to bring up a point like there is a lot of chaos online, but I feel like it's our responsibility, whether you know information or not, um, to only share what will help us progress from where we're at. Mm. So yes, definitely let everybody know what's really going on. Change the narrative that is being manipulated, right? But just share the information um, that will help us progress because that's what we're actually fighting for. That's the root of it, you know? Yes. Um, A lot of people, especially in San Diego, have been posting about Black-owned businesses. And this has been a conversation for a very long time mm-hmm. about how whenever black people try to create some sort of community, it's broken down by someone, you know, and usually someone who has a lot of money <laughs> or a lot of power, a lot of authority. Um, so yeah, this, it's definitely a time to share news and change the narrative to what the people are experiencing, but also move that narrative to progress our community. Yes, I absolutely love that. Wow. Like that was so beautifully said because you're right. Like what you can share this news, but not share any call to action, but how can we empower using our platform, right? Right. And really educate and be like, Hey, this is something you can do right now. And that is tune into the city council meetings and submit a non agenda comment about why maybe the city should not invest (laughs) half a billion dollars into the policing budget but really invest that, at least a big portion of it, into our public safety, our communities, especially our communities of color. And, you know, it, like we were talking off air, like we, we've seen just how impactful that is, how through social media we were able to tune in, see that hundreds of callers were talking about the same topic, about how it is not fair and how this money should go back to us. Mm-hmm. Because that's exactly. our money. Exactly. <laughs> our taxpayers' money. And it should be reinvested into the communities, especially marginalized communities here in San Diego. And as a private contractor, my taxes can be very high mm-hmm. uh, in California. I love living in Cali- I love living in San Diego. This is actually a place that now I really want to have a sense of pride that everything that's here is reflected from the community's uh, um, actions. You know what I mean? Like the politicians are in place because we decided that was going to be the case. You know, um, our communities are clean. Our people are nice to each other. Like I don't want to have to feel like I don't want to answer my door because I wasn't expecting someone because I don't trust my community. Mm. I don't want to feel like that. You know, um, Matt and I, we talk a lot about how long we're going to stay in California because it's so expensive. So it's like, if it's so expensive, it better be expensive for a reason. Mm, (laughs) Good point, girl. Good point. So for me, I'm like, okay, you know what? I see, you know, I see Chick-fil-A and (laughs) In-N-Out and Burger King. And did you know that those places have been open since like 18 something or not 18 something, but it was like 1960s and like just... Mm. a long time ago, yeah, right? And there's franchises. What I would love to see is just more um, local businesses, like just thriving. And like my friends, like that's why I think it's so cool that you're doing what you're doing here at Futures Pass. And it's no coincidence that I know the people that you're working with. Um, I just want to see more of that. And I want to have children here and be prideful Mm. of how far San Diego has come. So I think that's something that's definitely flourished in my mind. I'm like, damn, we are the next generation of people that are going to have to make the difference. And we've been, you know, just like how the next Mm -hmm. generation, you know, after us is going to have that uh, responsibility too. But like we are now. Yes. Um, Yeah, yeah. Uh. Yeah, you bring up that that point about, like, really thinking about our futures because that's even a conversation Adrian and I have about questioning our safety and, you know, again, how expensive it is to live here and what do we do, right? right? Because we also have this overhead of this business. We have to consider business taxes. And just, like, even if we purchase a place, it's, like, property taxes is, like, $10,000, you know? It's... It's kind of ridiculous, but it's also you want to be the root of the change here and you want to be a part of what is beginning to thrive. Like even before all this has happened, like 
community events were so big. There were so many different communities hosting amazing events. You Belong Here host like amazing events every single week, elephant talks to challenge people to think about uncomfortable topics like sexual assault and, you know, what's it like living like a, like living as a person of color in our community, like really challenging people to like address a big elephant in the room, right? Like there are pioneers of these movements. And I really consider a lot of us to be a part of that in the creative community because we're being called to use our gifts and use our creativity to think outside of the box and see like even in National City, right? Like no one was here. Like I grew up here in National City in Paradise Hills. Um, we moved here when I was like nine years old. And I remember living on Rio and like there was nothing there. I just remember like there was a post office. It was just like, it was home to me. And when I would tell people like where I live, they'd be like, oh, you know, they, they would refer to it as like the ghetto mm -hmm. or like, uh, and I never understood that. And just like coming back to the root of like just discrimination and just like how people view where you live as a place of poverty or a place of like ickiness. There's like this weird, there's this weird energy around it, right? right. But then you hear things of like La Jolla, this beautiful million dollar homes. And oh, you're just like, wow, you know? Right. And it's just like, what? <laughs> Alicia Keys just bought a house in San Diego. Yeah, La Jolla. Right? <laughs> a place I will probably never buy a home because it's so expensive. So expensive. You know, yeah, I mean, even a couple years, a few years ago, I think um, uh, San Diego was trying to, or some people who, were, you know, I wish I was more knowledgeable about this, but I know that the public trans transit system uh, was trying to build more, you know, uh, trolleys up there mm -hmm. in La Jolla, but it was like they couldn't get it passed because a large amount of people didn't want the wrong kind of people mm -hmm. in San Diego to be, you know, traveling in that area. And I was like, how does, okay, I don't understand. You're going to live in the finest city, but you're going to be like, but keep those people of that part of the city out. Mm -hmm. San Diego is huge in homelessness. So when we talk about funding the police department half a billion dollars, it's like, well, that could easily go to strengthening the community and its poverty issue and its rent control issue, you know? And yes. so it's just, there's just some, so much, um, so much that needs to be done for sure. And obviously we can talk for hours on this, Absolutely. but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I think it definitely, the, the progress definitely starts with people like you, people like me and, and, um, uh, and also everybody else just around San Diego supporting, supporting each other locally. Absolutely. Yeah supporting local businesses like you get the small mom and pop shops that are here there are so many of our own friends even who are starting like little pop-ups or mm. little little events and it's just like any way that we can support and build that up like that's really going to enrich our community and really empower us to even consider opening a business outside right. of like what's happening right? right but yeah anyhow I would love because you're I forget how are you full Filipina I'm not. No, you're not. Right. No. Um, I meant half. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I am proudly black and Filipina. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Yes. It's funny because um, when I wear, when I used to wear wigs, mm -hmm. I look more Filipino. Mm. And then now that I don't wear wigs, people are like, oh, what is your ethnicity? Mm. And then when I wear my headscarf like Erica Badu, people are very clear that I'm black. So <laughs> <laughs> it's very ambiguous, but um, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm proudly both. <laughs> I love that. I remember watching your TED Talk on identity, and mm -hmm. I would just love to start this conversation with you because as a Filipina myself, I've struggled a lot with identity, and I really didn't understand where that struggle came from until, I want to say the last 10 years. Um, but even talking about like the civil rights movement that's happening right now, having a conversation with my own mother about why black lives matter, right? It was very difficult to, uh, to bring that to light, that the problem is not it does not lie in people of color, that the problem is actually 
you know, with police brutality and police violence and the looters who happen to be white supremacists. And that was a conversation I tried to have with my mother. And because, again, kind of leaning back into why the mass media, and that's what our parents watch, that's how our parents tune into the news, that's what they see. So anything that they see, they immediately turn into, like, that's truth. And I was trying to understand, like, where my mother's coming from. had a conversation with my dad about how that's just how Filipinos grow up. Filipinos of that generation are so used to not embracing darker skin, right? And, like, I'm guilty of it and I'm shameful. I will admit it right now that, like, I'm so used to... Um, I was used to my parents growing up and saying like, or my, my aunts and uncles telling me like, oh, you're, you're light skinned. You should go to the Philippines and become famous because you'll succeed there. Right. And I really want to have this conversation because it's so important to shine light that Filipinos are all different colors. And it really made me uncomfortable the whole time growing up, but I didn't understand why again until like maybe 10 years or so ago. And when I was just like, why, why is it that my friend from middle school who was a Filipino who was also darker than me, how she always like would comment on my skin tone and then she would tell me about papaya soap. And that was like the first time I heard of like papaya soap. I'm like, what is papaya soap? And she's like, it lightens your skin. I'm like, why do you do that? You I know? want a tan. What are you right? talking about? Right? <laughs> exactly. It's just like this weird, weird imbalance. And um, I know that parents of our generation have it's just deeply rooted and I really want to break that chain because especially having this conversation right now like I don't want our future children to ever experience that to experience that like oh my daughter or my son needs to be light-skinned to be accepted I know we're not the only um ethnicity that thinks that you know, and like as a white passing Filipina myself, it really saddens me to see that discrimination towards our own people. So I just kind of love to hear your perspective on identity and how you really came to this place of confidence because you exude so much confidence. And I know just hearing your experiences in your like TED talk and from our past conversations, just how that was a journey for you alone. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big topic and a, and a huge question because I, I definitely feel like I'm still coming into my confidence when it comes to my um, my ethnic, my roots, you know. Um, but a lot of things come to mind. One in particular is that on a spiritual level, our souls, if you believe that we have souls, did not come to the earth and ask to be of some sort of nation, of some sort of color, of some sort of religion or ethnicity. It just is. The soul just is. So then you were put in your body to have your experience, to have the African-American experience, to have the Filipino experience, to be the Filipino-American experience, to be the first generation of it. You know what I mean? So these are all different experiences. So on a spiritual level, if we just take all that nationality out of the way and operate on that idea that I just am, mm. and what am I going to do with the privilege that I have? What am I going to do with uh, the voice that I have? Then, then th I feel like there would be so much more progress, right? If you go back to the presidency of Nixon and Reagan, war on crime and like having these... Uh, <laughs> this jargon to help manipulate the idea that, you know, politically we we're fighting against something, but it was really just targeted toward the inner cities, towards black people. If you go back to that time, it's not only white people who were thinking that blacks were criminal, criminals. It was also black people believing that as well. So when we talk about generations of our mothers, my mother is, you know, in her mid-50s, and my father is also, you know. That just shows you that the narrative that they were being fed was 
what we're seeing now, what is, what is, is the consequence of what we're seeing now. It's very hard to have a conversation with some of our mothers and fathers because they're still in the, you know, Reagan and Nixon era, mm. <laughs> you know, um, it's probably going to be pretty difficult for us to see past what we see when we're in our fifties, you know, um, and that's just kind of how the generations move. You know, sometimes we're progressive, sometimes we're, it's just a little harder. Um, so that's, you know, that's the second point that I, I will make. Um, so one, you know, we are spiritual beings. We don't have a color associated with that. Let's operate on that. Two, I will also say there's so much to argue about that, but let's just take that for what that statement is. Mm-hmm. Two, um, for very for a very long time, we've been fed this narrative that certain people are a certain way. Three, um, my mother-in-law, she says this perfectly. She says, have you ever heard the phrase, um, the world is never just black and white? Mm-hmm. Then why do we see each other like that? Why do mm-hmm. we keep saying black and white? This is not a black and white issue. Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is a deeply rooted system issue. And there's something in that that we need to go down to. So when we're over here being like, you know, we're, we have our shovels and we're digging through the dirt and we're like, oh my God, there's all these snakes. We have to get rid of the snakes. And then we come up with all these council meetings and all this, <laughs> these politics and whatever. And we're like, we got we to gotta fire them out. No, we got to hose them out. No, we got to drown them out. You know, so, so we're like, okay, great. And then once you dig even deeper, you realize that the problem is not at the surface. It's at the root, mm. which in, in like, if you just imagine a, an upside down diagram of a, um, of a triangle, it's at the top of the triangle. It's at the top. It's at the 1%. It's at the people who are like handling all, you know, all the politics. And like I said, it's up to us to learn how it works. Mm-hmm. Just like in music, when you're in school and you're learning how music works, you're really just learning the rules so that you can go out in the field and break them and create something beautiful for other people. I think that's what the system is, and I'm learning so much more about it, but learning about it and kind of having this perspective of like, wait, I am not just black. I am not just Filipino. I am not just, you know, a a woman with alopecia. Like, (laughs) I am so much more. I'm beyond this. Marcus Garvey, he um, was an incredible... um, He's like the Malcolm X of Jamaica, <laughs> but he is also, he's, he's just like this amazing um, uh, leader who uh, wanted to create you know, an, an independent uh, black community. Um, but more than that, he saw himself as, as um, more than just like an entrepreneur or more than just a leader. He saw himself as this bigger movement and all his decisions were global. And I think when we think about where we've come from, whether I'm Filipino or black or white or German or Irish, or it's like we associate with this little thing. Mm. We don't think of ourselves as making a bigger impact and that our dollar goes even further or that our actions go even further. We don't think about how far the ripple reaches. Mm -hmm. So I think I I definitely conduct myself in a way that's more confident now than I was four years ago because I'm starting to see that I'm being tricked Mm. into thinking that I am something that I'm not, you know? And and like I'm, I'm getting a lot closer to developing that, I think the word is rhetoric in my mind, or I'm developing the narrative in my mind that says, no, 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 you don't get a chance to tell me who I am. Mm. You don't. Right. You don't even know who the F you are. Uh (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, go figure out yourself while I figure out myself. And, you know, that's kind of how I operate. And that's more of what I think in my mind, you know, so it, it, on the other side of that, like I, I've become a lot more attitude-y <laughs> as I've grown older because I realize that in order to have some sort of confidence, you have to like learn how to like strengthen your backbone mm. and learn the, the, the words that will, that will be appropriate enough for you to defend yourself. Um, but in that, there's also a balance of um, 
understanding and realizing that you don't know everything and being open to the feedback and the criticism, um, but taking that, you know, with a grain of salt and just really considering what Oprah says, like, the, if the end result is peace, then you're doing the right thing, you know, so that's kind of my take on that. I love that. Literally everything you said, oops. Literally everything you said, especially the part about, you know, developing yourself and like you're being fed how you're supposed to act and how you're supposed to be as this person. I've definitely felt that myself, especially being in this community in San Diego, being an entrepreneur, being a woman. And it's just like, okay, let me look for these women entrepreneur groups. Every single time I've felt like I don't belong. And it took me a really long time to feel like I belong because I had to build my own community around that. Mm -hmm. That's why I created Coffee and Combos, right? Because I could not see myself in these groups that were supposedly supporting women. Um, and it's just like, okay, if you're going to support women, support all women, all women of color. Like actually have those people reflected on your panels, have them reflected on your board, whatever it looks like. But I think now people are being challenged more than ever to really think about that because inclusivity is not just a descriptor, right? Like, oh, hey, we're an inclusive business or whatever. And it's just like, <laughs> I've seen, I've seen yeah. it, I've been there. And it's just mm -hmm. like, mm, it doesn't really look like it. And kind of like what you were saying, it's just like, how can I develop this part of myself that, I can stand up for myself in, in spaces like this where they're not claiming to do what they're do, like not claiming to actually do what they're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And it is up to us to speak up. And I think now is that time. And especially because like social media has that power, right? Again, like whether or not we have like a hundred followers or 100,000. It doesn't really matter. But I think we do have people who care about us, who do follow and care about what we think and value that. And that's what really sets us apart. And that's what's really going to create impact again. Mm -hmm. And what I love is that, you know, you're able to share so much of yourself. And especially watching your journey as you were on The Voice, you know, mm -hmm. you showed so much behind the scenes. You showed just like, you know, your life with Matt. And that's so beautiful. And I think more people need to see that. More people need to see that vulnerability and that aspect that like we're, at the end of the day, we're all human. And it's like, if we just really shed these titles that we have, like we tend to put ourselves in a box. Yeah. And if we just, you know, strip away all those things, we're left with our souls. If you look at each other's souls, we'll really understand each other. And it's really sad to see that the conversations happening right now, the, the conversations people are telling me about, like, how challenging it is to have these conversations with their own parents, with their church, with people who've had their friends in their lives for years. Mm -hmm. It's challenging. But it's also like, how are you going to progress and how are you going to move forward, especially if we consider our future and what's at stake here. Yeah. I hate that this conversation is just kind of like going back to this, but I think it's very important to have. Um, but in addition to that, I know you have so much going on. I know that even in, in this time, I know you haven't like fully announced it or launched it, but your blog is out. Yeah. And I would love to hear more about that because, again, you're providing a platform and sharing your experience. And I think a lot of people right now need a source of inspiration, a source of just light and positivity. And you radiate that so much just, again, through your social media, through your words and through your voice. So I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. So um, my blog was just... You know when you have an assignment for school <laughs> yeah. and then you come out with it, you get an A, and then someone's inspired and they're like, oh, that was really cool. And you're like, oh, maybe I should just go post this on Facebook. And then you post the assignment. on, And then, you know, it kind of makes a ripple effect. So mm -hmm. that's kind of like how <laughs> my life has been. I never thought that I'd actually become a singer. I never thought that I'd be a YouTuber, a blogger, a motivational speaker, um, 
anything that I am today, I never thought that I would actually be able to do it as a career Mm. and that people would actually care. (laughs) So since I've been on The Voice, you know, my following has been exponential and in comparison to what it was. (laughs) Um, But I will say, you know, before The Voice, I had a smaller following and everyone just showed me like how much I was already inspiring them. And I, I really appreciated that, but I didn't think that it would be such a huge impact when I got on the voice. Um, so I had to take that into account and start asking myself, okay, well now that I've gone from 3,500 followers on Instagram to 27 K, <laughs> how, how am I supposed to use this platform? Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people have come to me basically for musical healing. Um, just, you know, they've also come to me just for my words, you know, just to hear some sort of positivity. And I, I have been so appreciative of that because I didn't think I was that important. Mm. Um, with that, I'm seeing that part of being like, it's so weird to say like a public figure or to be part of like the public eye or whatever, or to be in front of the public eye, I, I'm realizing that it is my responsibility to continue giving that light, continue giving that inspiration. Um, so I started a blog because I wanted to give everybody a backstory on how I got to where I am, because that is like the biggest question that I've been getting. My blog will just be thoughts behind the lyrics and stories behind the music. Um, I just posted my first video on YouTube, uh, which is parallel to the posts on my blog. So whenever you see an article or a blog or a journal entry or a poem or a song on my blog, you can go straight to my YouTube and see the video in images to really kind of give you a better idea of what I'm talking about. Um, I'm definitely... um, a kinesthetic learner, and um, I also see things in in colors and and images. So I just thought that it would be really cool to kind of put the two together. But yeah, I mean, my blog and my YouTube channel will just be my way of telling my story, pe- telling people how I got to where I am today. And you know, it definitely comes with time, and it didn't just like you know, happened one day when I woke up. Um, so I just kind of want to give people the backstories on that and, and also give people something to follow. You know, the, the, the come up is what mm. people are really inspired by and really mm-hmm. like to watch. Um, so to see you as like this little seed and then see you as whatever you're growing into is, is really fun. So that's so beautiful. Well, I know you have so much brewing and I would just kind of love to hear what else do you have planned right now? I know it's such a weird time because it's just like we're supposed to be stuck at home and quarantining and at the same time, like, do what we can to support our black brothers and sisters during this time. So I just kind of love to hear, like, what else do you have planned during this season of life and how can we support you? And, yeah. Um, well, I... I'm on all social media outlets for the most part. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Um, I have my blog, and that's misssidrice.com. Right now, it's only accessible to people who are part of my Team Sidrice Instagram. Um, And you just follow the directions on the bio, and then you'll be able to get access to my blog and exclusive behind-the-scenes content. Um, As far as what's going on in the future, I just want to develop my platform a little bit more with my blog and my YouTube channel. Um, and also, you know, this month is, is Juneteenth, which, um, is another celebration of, of the black community of black people. Um, and so I'm just really going to be focusing on educating myself on what I need to do and what I need to, uh, what I need to do moving forward, even from this year. Um, so I'll be spending a lot of time in the council meetings. <laughs> yes. I love that. You know, I would love to chat more about, um, because you talk about the come up and it's just like, how does it feel to be, like you said, in the public eye on the voice and to have this platform 
And then to have come from a place where, like, two years ago you're performing at, like, Westfield UTC, right? Like, I would yeah. love to hear just, like, your thought process behind it all because I got to see that, like, I got to see you in, like, a little <laughs> seed, you know? And then, like, yeah. you're growing and blooming and it's just, like, wow, it was I, – I can tell how a lot of people could see that it's, like, an overnight thing. But knowing you from before, it's like, no, you've, like, worked your butt off. And mm. I would love to even speak upon your experience in New York. That's something we didn't touch on yet. Oh, yeah. So I am an actress. I've been acting longer than I've been singing. Um, so that's actually pretty interesting for me to look back on um, because I'm still discovering myself in the arts and I'm still discovering my voice as uh, an original artist, you know, mm. I haven't even come out with a full album yet. And I'm nervous about what that'll sound like. I want it to be perfect. I know it's not going to be perfect, but I want people to like it too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's, um, it's definitely interesting when I look back at it, at, at my, my journey, because I know how I got here. Some people didn't, know me four years ago and that's such a short amount of time but I've done so much growing since then it feels like four years ago I was a baby um I think being in the public eye creates more pressure on me to be more accountable for my actions and more accountable for the things that I say and the way I conduct my own life um which I think is exactly the fire that I needed and that's exactly the reason um behind why I even joined The Voice. I wanted a challenge in my life and I felt I was stagnant. And so I'm getting a lot more than I bargained for, especially with this <laughs> whole pandemic and the civil rights movement. Um, yeah, so I mean, as far as my perspective on it, I definitely feel the pressure. I feel the responsibility to be accountable for what I'm doing and and just to lead uh, my followers in, in the right direction through, to, you know, to progression. Um, my musical and my artistic journey is... Um, I don't even know how long that'll take to talk about, but um, your question was like, how how is it going from the seed to where I am? Yeah, because you know what? I, I think even I remember seeing your performance in that short film cut, right? Yeah. Filmed by these guys. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I think that was the first time I really realized that you were an actress. Yeah. And that was even after I heard you perform oh, okay. um, at UTC. So it was just like, yeah. oh wow, like there's so many layers. You're, you know, like we, we're all onions and we have a lot of like layers to peel back. And that was just really cool because it was such a cool short film as well. Yeah. And just like the whole plot twist and everything. <laughs> but um, shout out to Tammy. Yeah. Definitely. And. I just think it's so cool that you have, again, even though this journey of yours was maybe four years long, I feel like there's so much that has happened. There's a lot that that's happened and there's a lot of growth that's happened um, and I'm still growing. But yeah, there's, um, hmm, how do I say this? If you stick to something long enough, something will happen. Mm. <laughs> you know, so I think that's the part that sticks out the most for me. I'm like, I know how I got here. And it was just putting myself out there a lot. And fortunately, I haven't um, had to go through too much heartbreak, but enough rejections and enough side eyes to, mm. <laughs> to be like, okay, well, maybe I should be on this direction instead and not that direction, you know. So I've kind of figured out what I like to do, um, at least at this age. And I'd like to continue exploring my different talents because I want to do voice acting. Um, I think that would be so fun for, for like cartoons and like That's Pixar so cool, and stuff like yeah. that. Um, I want to one day sing a, you know, be the voice of a Disney theme song for some new Disney movie in the future. Oh, I love um, that. I think it would, those are just things that would be cool that my like little eight year old self would love to do, you know, Right now, what's coming to mind is like, oh, well, what about the politics of Disney and their history and all that <laughs> stuff? And, you know, I feel a responsibility to definitely be able to answer those questions if that comes up in the future. Like, who you collaborate with and who you get sponsorships with are very important. And I want to consider that even at the early ages of my career. Um, so I think about all the things that I know that I'm capable of doing. And I just really want to continue doing them at a higher caliber. Um, so, yeah, we all start somewhere. And, 
in five years, I'm going to look at myself now and be like, oh my God, I was such a baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if you, if you stick to something long enough, something will start to catch and your success will start to grow. I love that. And then you even went on tour, right? Like you went on tour for music. See, there's like so many there's things. There's so many different things that I did yeah. <laughs> and I forget about it sometimes. But yeah, I was on tour with Jameson Whiskey, which is the, the alcohol spirits, um, for a year. Oh, wow. Was yeah. it a whole year? Yeah, it was that's a year. Amazing. It was wonderful. Um, that's actually how I met Matt. Ooh, tell <laughs> us a little bit about that. I would love I to I was in the last city. So what I did was uh, for the Jameson Whiskey um, Love Thy Neighborhood tour, we were uh, going to different cities, um, different cities around the U.S. to gain money for this organization called Keep America Beautiful. And what they did was they recy- they took uh, recycled uh, material and like made decorations and like cl- cleaned up different cities and whatnot. Um, so we were funding, we we're getting funding for the, for. Uh, that organization. And, you know, I went to Nashville, I went to Austin, um, Seattle and all these other places. And our last stop was Miami, Florida. (laughs) And I said to myself, Oh my gosh, I am, I'm going to dance bachata. I'm going to have some Cuban food. I'm just going to have so much fun. And I ended up meeting Matt and, um, man, the rest is history. It's a long story, but, um, (laughs) I ended up meeting Matt. I thought he was a great guy. And <laughs> um, we ended up hanging out more. I ended up going to uh, Miami, kind of back and forth to see him. And man, it just flourished so quickly. And it turned out he was a guitarist too. And, you know, our relationship just turned into something that I did not expect. You know, I went to Miami thinking I was just going to have fun. I came back with this dude, like he's my future husband. <laughs> that is so beautiful. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I was on tour for a year with Jameson whiskey and, um, speaking about the, uh, the acting gig in New York, um, the year before Jameson whiskey, I went to New York for three months and acted off Broadway. So I was doing theater shows every weekend for those two and a half months, and I decided that I wanted to do film instead. Um, I came home. I ended up quitting the band that I was in, and then a day later, I got an email from Jameson Whiskey saying that they wanted me to go on tour with them. Wow. So I had to let go of something to make room for something else, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what I did. When I got out of, uh, not got out of, but when I finished that tour, I ended up getting booked for the TEDx San Diego speech. Um, and then I started doing TEDx UCSD and then I was a, you know, a speaker for, um, for some, for some other schools. And so it just kind of, you know, it's just kind of a train. It was like, Oh, hop on. Okay, great. Now this opportunity comes. So that's kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, what I was faced with And, and the opportunities that have come to me have allowed me to open my mind more because you all ask such great questions and it makes me have to think more. Um, so with every opportunity, I've had to open up my brain a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more and really start talking. So I'm, I'm really appreciative of, of this opportunity to speak to you and then also other people in my past because it's, it's definitely forcing me to, forcing me to grow for sure. Yeah. And I'm just happy about it. Oh, well, I appreciate you. Absolutely. And I think, again, this conversation came at a right time. Just I know we've tried to do this maybe like a month ago and just like it was – I don't think maybe the conversation would have led in this direction and have as much impact. I know because like it would have been during The Voice. And, you know, like it's such a different life now, right? Oh, my gosh, yeah. How crazy. (laughs) You're right. The conversation is very different. Yeah. But I'm really glad that this worked out. And before we kind of just wrap things up, we're so close to being finished. But I would just kind of love to hear, because you dropped so many gems, girl. I'm like, I can't wait to like re-listen to this episode and be like, that's the quote. Yep. No, it's going to be that one. Um, I would just love to hear, like, what is your advice for people who are just, you know, filled with uncertainty, especially just during this time. Normally, this would be catered towards like creatives and entrepreneurs, but really it's just catered to everybody who's tuning in. And 
again, searching for positivity and looking at these com- or listening to these conversations and really seeking some wisdom. So I'd love to hear what you have to say. Oh gosh, there's so many things to say, but um, I will say the, the one piece of advice that I was given back when I was 18 um, that I still keep so dearly to my heart is allow, allow um, for the space, like create a space that allows you to be the person you want to be. Mm-hmm. And right now I kind of want to refine that a little bit create a space that allows you to be the the best version of yourself. Mm. Um, and that space entails everything. It's not just your physical space. It's the things that you watch. It's the things that you listen to. It's the, the books that you read. It's the people you hang out with, the food that you eat. It's everything. And you don't have to do it all at once, you know. <laughs> you just have to start somewhere, you know. Um, so definitely that would be my my little piece of advice to anybody you know I love that being very intentional about like where you get your resources and how you nourish yourself I think that's so appropriate especially during this time I feel like you know a lot of us can like steer towards our vices that may not be healthy you know like binge watching Netflix which is great (laughs) but also like What is that going to serve, you know? And then you're just like, you're just continuing on to that train. Um, Yeah. My brother, he says, um, it's easier to add things to your plate than to subtract things Mm. to to your plate. Because once you start adding the good stuff that makes you uh, feel good, then just the things that don't make you feel good just make its way out. Yeah. You know, but that initial act of creating that space for yourself will definitely be the catalyst to kind of changing things in your life. Yeah. I love that. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So our last question, and I love this question because I think there's so much power in just conversations and this connection. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to know if you could have a coffee and combos with anybody, who would it be and why? Oh my goodness. Like if I were to interview somebody, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh. Okay. It has to go back. It has to be just one person. You know what? You feel free, girl. You could have a whole okay, I'll like say, ooh, dinner table. Okay, full. you know what? I'll just I'll just pick one person. I'll just pick one person. It, it'll definitely have to be one of my um, dream collaborations, and it would be Pharrell. I would love to sit down and just you know have some coffee with that dude and uh, pick his brain. I just really love the way he thinks and mm-hmm. I appreciate that he always does, you know, use his platform uh, for good. And I just, I want to be like that dude one day. <laughs> I love that. So I definitely want to, want to do that. Yeah. Let's put that out in the universe. Oh, Come yeah. on, Pharrell. Universe. Come on. Pharrell energy. We need you. <laughs> I think that's amazing. And thank, thank you, so you again much. for being here. Okay. So I'm really excited because After this episode is out, this coming Friday, we'll have your Unfiltered Friday performance. Yes. And that was so amazing. Again, I think entertainment is so needed and just having that source of positivity through art and music is definitely what we all need to fill our soul right now. And again, hearing you perform is like always one of my favorite things. I'm just like, you're one of my favorite performers, especially here in San Diego. And I can't wait for this Unfiltered Friday to drop on Friday. <laughs> um, not on Saturday. No, no, not no. Not on Sunday, but Friday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes, be sure to tune in on the Coffee and Combos Instagram for IGTV, um, on our Facebook, and on our YouTube page. Yep. Yay. Super excited for that. <laughs> Before we log off completely, I would love you to share how people can connect with you how people can again join your other instagram so they could get access to your blog yeah definitely so you can find me at miss sedris m-s-c-e-d-r-i-c-e on instagram um that is also twitter and facebook and tiktok uh, my blog is miss and you can get access to that right now by following my team Sidris Instagram, and that is a private Instagram specifically 
for people who want to support me uh, through and through. Um, just follow the directions in the bio of the Team Sidris Instagram and you'll be able to gain access to that, including my, um, my blog. My blog is also connected to my YouTube. Um, that will be available to the public. And my music website is sidrismusic.com. Yay! I love it. No, I'm going to like add everything on our website. <laughs> Girl, we need more of this. It's yeah, fine. I know some people you. who only have like one thing and it's just Instagram. I'm like, are you sure that's it? <laughs> but no, I love it. I think it's really great that you have so many ways that people can tune in tree music to really dive deep into your story and just get mm. to know you better. Um, again, that piece of vulnerability is so important, especially in creating a community that will trust you and follow you through and through. And again, I'm just so grateful for you. Thank this you is so such much. a great conversation. This I feel like great. we could talk for hours. I, yeah, we definitely can. We're both Virgos. <laughs> we could just blah, 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 talk about all this stuff. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. And thank you everyone for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thank Bye. you. Bye.